Welcome back to A Fresh Story, the podcast where we have conversations about brave decisions to start over again. I'm Olivia. And I'm Jenny. And we're so glad you're here today. Hi, sister. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. How are you? I'm good. I'm busy. So for those of you that don't know, we often will curate gift guides mm-hmm. for our amazing people on the in the Fresh Starts world and the world at mm-hmm. large. Mm-hmm. And, um, that you know, to break it down a little bit, Jenny here is the COO of the company. She does a lot of the back end. I mean, she does all yeah. the back end. She does. She runs the company and a lot, everything. I do a lot of the content. Creation. Does all pretty much all the content. And so one of my favorite things to do in the world and something I've learned from 20 years of marketing is to do gift guides. Mm-hmm. And I love reaching out to new companies yes. and dealing with PR people and finding new products and putting them together. And the theme of this year's gift guide for Valentine's Day is going to be celebrate yourself for Valentine's Day. And we have some amazing products we're going to be talking about showing up on um, Instagram stories. And then we also reached out to our network of really awesome women to share what they would love to celebrate themselves with for Valentine's Day. Some Some of them are podcast guests. You'll recognize some of them. So stay tuned. We'll link that in the show notes and you can see it across our social and um, it's all of our things that we would actually get for ourselves for valentine's day because we are really firm believers we're never gonna tell you to buy something if we wouldn't buy it ourselves mm-hmm. no so um we're really excited about that and um, yeah no i don't know i was just gonna say i just got off the phone with jen um my friend jen i just called her in the middle of the day because i have in the past couple of years decided to really commit to my female friendships yeah. Um. And she was good. She was great. But like, I'm trying so hard, you know, we will talk about this, but Marco Polo keeps us so connected to people. But I have found, you know, Jen and I had a call yesterday. Jen was also our bookkeeper for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we jumped on a call to talk about 1099s. And she Ooh. texted me after. It was so sexy. She mm-hmm. texted me after and she said, you know, I was having a grumpy day, but it's so much better after just seeing your face live. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give her a call FaceTime yeah. for like five minutes. Um. I will never stop evangelizing. These are my two platforms now, shingles and female friendships, Mm. because the way your female friends lift you up and treat you and love you should set such a high and male friends too, of course. I mean, it's Peter's birthday today. So like, we love Peter, shout out to Peter, but like the way your male friends do, but the way your female friends lift you up and love you and support you should 100% -hmm. set the bar so high for your romantic relationships. Um, which yeah. is why we decided to bring well, our girlfriends on the show. Yeah. So we're going to do a really special Valentine's Day episode we're releasing um, in a few weeks. And we are each bringing in some of our girlfriends mm-hmm. from various stages in Very our life. Excited. And we're interviewing them about what it means to be a friend and how people yeah. can support each other through big life changes. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a really fun episode. We're starting our first recording tonight. Tonight with, with my friend, Laura, who yeah. I've been friends with since I was 14, which means it's been 21 years. Yeah. Um, And she still is my go-to for so many things. You know, these people that you meet when you're 14, it's not an everyday friendship, but- I talked to Laura a lot and you know, I needed a new hairstylist and she tapped into her network and mm. I, we check in on each other all the time. Um, I 
I love the women in my life and I feel so blessed to have curated that, um, which is actually exactly what this podcast is about. Yeah. So we talked to Danielle Jackson and she is a female friendship coach and she is the first, I think it's the first, right? Friendship coach. She really took off in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, She she created the niche. yeah, she created, she created the niche. She was a groundbreaker. She um, is also a partners with Bumble BFF. She mm. was their spokesperson. She's and powerful, Danielle. She is powerful. And what I love yeah. about Danielle is that she had a huge career pivot similar to mine, leaving yeah. education. And the story she tells about that was really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, really had to follow her intuition and say, what do I want to do? Yeah. What I loved about the conversation was that she blended her background coaching people through friendships with the science and the data, right? And so you're looking at friendship, the data of friendship is fascinating. So we had a a really awesome time talking to her about female friendship and loved her tips, especially for starting over as an adult. Yes, I was going to say, like, Mm -hmm. I, I... I'm excited to go to Scotland and make female friends, but I'm scared and uh, I don't know how to do it. And, you know, I'm, I I don't want to only be meeting expats while I'm there. So I, I sort of like absorbed all of her information about how to create, I've never really done online dating. Um, so how to create an online dating profile for friends. Um, great tips in there. We will definitely pull those out for you. And we really just hope you enjoy the episode. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to A Fresh Story so that we can keep telling your fresh start stories. So Danielle Jackson is a female friendship coach and educator who speaks nationally on the subject of friendship as a wellness imperative. Her coaching business, Friend Forward, is dedicated to teaching women how to create and maintain Better Female Friendships. A former high school teacher, Danielle now uses her teaching skills as an educator to coach women through ways to navigate common friendship conflicts. Danielle has become a go-to media source on the subject, and her advice has been featured in outlets like the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, NBC News, Insider, Super Casual, and more. She also speaks across the country about the power of female friendship and was recently hired by Bumble to become the official spokesperson for Bumble BFF, which is amazing. amazing. Um, Danielle, we're so excited to have you here today. So can you take us back to the start of your fresh start journey? I feel like my fresh start was when I left the classroom. And that's because I was in love with teaching. Like it was very much a large part of my identity. And so I just knew when I started teaching that I was going to be the teacher who had been there for like 35 years and then you retire. I loved my job. But after six years and um, in the classroom and observing the way things shifted yep. <laughs> um, with the state of education, I thought mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm I'm teaching during the school year and then during the summers I'm waitressing to pay down my student loans. I'm I'm burned out. You know, there's drama, and I thought I have to do something else. Um, but I didn't believe that I could do anything else. I thought I'm just a teacher, mm-hmm. and so I believe my fresh start came um, from pivoting from a career that took place in the classroom to, you know, getting into a bunch of other things. And that's when things kind of turned over for me. I'm curious how you found yourself in that space of, as a female friendship coach, um, what your journey to that point was. 
Yeah. So, you know, when I was actually in the classroom, um, my students would come to me like between classes and after school. And I didn't realize at the time I was coaching them through their friendship drama, but that's kind of just what I was doing naturally. So when I left the classroom, I got into public relations. And so I'm thinking, gosh, here I am working with high achieving, charismatic women. And they too are talking about issues with their friendships, whether they become so career focused that they put friendships on the back burner or they've lost themselves in motherhood, they're having friendship issues too. And so I thought, oh gosh, at every stage of womanhood, we're trying to navigate mm-hmm. platonic relationships yeah. with other women. And so I got curious one day, I went on Amazon, I, I looked up friendship books. And at the time there were very few results and most of them were for children like children resources. And I thought, oh, this is what we think of friendship. That surely it's something a child would need support with. But if you're an adult, you should have it figured out. And so that was about five years ago. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be a friendship coach. Um, And my friends and family were like, okay, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) They were skeptical. Supportive but nervous. Yeah. 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 They were skeptical. Um, But it's it's been really cool to see it become a thing. And so I really doubled down on female friendship because when I was looking into the research to see how our friendships are different. Now, you know, we all generally want the same things. We want to be loved and seen and supported in in our relationships. But because of a lot of different factors, men's friendships and women's friendships are different. And that's when I thought, okay, I really want to lean into this space. And it's been a, a really fun ride ever since. I love that. So I was also a classroom teacher for a long time. And I was also that teacher that the kids would come to. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, now that you said that you're like, I was life coaching them and I'm becoming a life coach. And I'm like, Oh wait, now that makes sense. Because I used to do a lot of the relationship coaching. I taught middle school and it would be like the relate, the boy girl, you know, a lot of the boy girl relationship stuff. And, um, what were the factors that you saw happen on what, what age group did you teach generally? Was it like elementary? So I had high school um, um, juniors and seniors. So I'm preparing for, they're about to go into college and Uh and friendship is going to be a little different. So it was kind of at that, that age group. I had so much drama. I mean, it was so hard and I didn't know how to navigate it. And, um, and then I went to college and, and it, it was easier and harder. And, and I think like college was when I fell in love with my like first girlfriend, where it was like, this is like a soul person, you know? And it's just, I can't even imagine, like, I wish I had had a teacher like that, that I could have been able to go to because it's just those 16, 17 year old girls and their relationships are like love affairs and they're so, they can be so toxic and they can be so great. Um, and it, it, it's just an amazing thing to think that like that came out of that because I really wish I had had, that's, I wish I had understood how important female friendship was from that point in my life, you know? And I appreciate hearing you talk about how it's like this love affair, but it's also toxic, but it's also, and I always say, you know, if you go into a room and you bring up the subject of female friendship, you're either going to have people who are like, oh, my girls are my everything. And then you've got girls yeah. who are like, oh my God, the drama, the pettiness. And yeah, I always yeah. say it's both. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's both yeah. of those things that we've been yeah. doing a disservice to the conversation to try to package it as one or the other. I mean, it is very life-giving and sustaining. Um, and there's so much research that shows what happens when two women come together, when we're stressed, mm-hmm. all these things, but yes, it can also yeah. be very harmful. And, you know, we have this girl who we share everything with and then she gets hurt. So she weaponizes that information. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. all of those things. <laughs> so much yeah because I I wasn't in romantic relationships when I was that age so you're sort of like enacting all of that 
with these people and you're, you're working it all out and figuring out how to be in relationships in a lot of ways. And obviously I'm proud to say my female friendships now are more secure than they were when I was 17, but man, it's, it's yeah. a lot. So you're in the classroom and what was kind of that, that spark moment that was like, I think there's something else for me out there. I think it was less about there's something more. I think it was more of like a, I can't do this crap anymore yeah. kind of thing. And then I had to, to scramble and figure out what to do next um, because I was, you know, I was a language arts teacher. So, or literature, you know, we're teaching, you know, English, yeah. um, reading, writing, analysis. And so my last straw was, I was, you know, reading books with the kids. Um, an assistant principal called me down to the office and said, you know, so we understand you're reading books with the kids. And I was like, Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're like, well, you know, we've got the big state test coming up. So we were thinking you could just read one chapter and maybe you could just like summarize the rest uh, for them. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. So I'm like going to the media center and asking the librarian, to like sneak me 30 copies. And that's when I was like, wait, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. That was kind of yeah. my moment of like, I don't think I can keep my sanity and still yeah. teach. Um, and so that's when I was like, you know, well, do my skills transfer? I like to write. I like to read. I like people. And so I thought, okay, PR is kind of like a natural, yeah. Yeah. you know, fit a little bit and things kind of took off from there. But, uh, but yeah, so I feel like I was forced into a fresh start. You know, you want to stay, but you realize your dream doesn't fit anymore because teaching was very much my dream. Yeah. It just didn't fit anymore. Yeah. Um, but I believe that God has divinely orchestrated the events of my life so that I still get to be an educator. I still get to do the research and yeah. teach on stages and workshops. And so I still get to exercise that muscle. It just looks different than I expected. I love that. And I, yeah. your story relates to mine so much because I left teaching and became a social media marketer and worked with small businesses. So I very much understand what you're saying. I'm also a writer and a speaker. And I tell people all the time, I taught sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. I taught Latin, which was essentially English. Oh. And so it <laughs> was a lot of English. <laughs> And so I tell people all of the time, the skills I learned teaching middle school, yeah. I use every single day in my life. And, you know, especially with PR and things like that, I would think that you would use those with those skills all of the time. So yeah. what was the journey like? How did you become a coach? How did you start digging into kind of figuring out all of the logistical business part of like getting your coaching business off the ground and getting clients? Yeah. So I, you know, already had my education background. I was even an academic chair for a while. And so I already had like that background that went to school for education. So I was like, well, let me get certified to coach. And I know there are like a bajillion yeah. programs to get certified. So I just chose the one that I felt right for me. And then I got the certification to coach. And then honestly, it was a matter of like, you know, just putting it out there and, and having courage to say, this is what I do now. And um, if you would like a session, you know, and when you're starting off, especially for something like friendship coaching, where there is no reference point, no blueprint, yeah, yeah. Um, where some people maybe even see it as kind of laughable um, because it's like, really like I, I need somebody to teach me how to have friends like it was kind of like a joke you know yeah. so I was fighting against that stigma that a person might need help for friends um and so it took a while to get off the ground and I'll be honest with you after about a year of not really making any money doing it my husband said to me you know Danielle you're you're complaining about being so tired and burnt out you have to let something go and the coaching thing I liked it but it wasn't making much money so I said okay well give me some time let me tell the few people I have. I can't do this anymore. You know, I was very embarrassed. Um, and I was two weeks away from closing everything down and a TikTok video went viral. 
changed everything. It changed everything. Um, And so then came, you know, it had higher visibility and all that. But as far as like the content, I make sure I reserve hours a week to just reading the latest research on women's communication, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. um, um, women's connection, Mm -hmm. friendship, what does the science say? Because I want to be informed. Um, I conduct interviews with the people who are doing the research. You know, do you have 30 minutes? Can you tell me about the study? And they have been amazing. And so I like to bring an intellectual perspective to the conversation around female friendship, because I want to validate women. I want them to know if you're struggling with this thing, it's not just you. Mm -hmm. If you want a deeper friendship, well, according to the science, you should do these things. And so um, that's very important to me because I don't want them thinking like, I'm just doing this you know, I'm sharing my opinion right. of what I think, you know, right. so right. Um, people tend to, they, they appreciate that perspective. And I think that kind of gives me a little more of a niche. And so, so far it's been a, a really, um, a really fun experience. So tell us about the TikTok video. What was this TikTok video that went viral? It was just like, what's crazy is like, it was nine seconds. It was a stitch. So I, I made a video that I attached to somebody else's, yeah. but it was just this young girl. And she said, um, she's asked something like, um, what would you say to your 20 year old self or something like that? And I just stitched it. And I just said something to the effect of like, I wish I knew about the research that shows how impactful your female friendships are to your health or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and it like took off like 3 million views. Like it's insane. But I think it's because the comments, I mean, if you just looked at the thousands of comments of women either yeah. saying, like, oh my gosh, I wish I had. Yeah. deep friendships. Oh my gosh. I, I wish I knew how to have that. I wish I knew. I mean, it was just filled with comments of women lamenting their mm-hmm. experiences yeah. and feeling a sense of loss yeah. or loneliness or, or regret. And it was, um, it was really hard to read, but it also validated, oh, okay. There's room for this work. Yeah. And yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So do you coach one-on-one with people or how does, I mean, how did you get started? Like just the coaching and now you're doing everything like you're, you know, Bumble BFF and stuff. So what was that journey like? And and I'm sure your husband must've been like very wowed <laughs> yeah. by all of this. <laughs> yeah. Now he buys it. Now he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll watch the kids while you go across the country <laughs> to speak. Um, so I started with the one-on-one sessions. Um, and I'm so grateful for those people who trusted me in the beginning, you know, cause yep. you're experimenting yep. too. They don't know, but you're yep. trying to figure it out. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. so started with those sessions. Um, and then, you know, I, I took my social media and I made it only about that. So I tend to teach people like, you know, I know we want to showcase all of our personality on social media. I think that's great. Um, but at the end of the day, like people's can only handle so much and they need an immediate association with your name. Yeah. So if I want to yeah. write a post about my kids, um, I'm going to write a little post about my kids on Instagram, but I'm going to have a sentence or two about friendship. So whether I say something like, man, it's yeah. so nice to have mom friends who understand the struggle, but mm-hmm. it's almost like this thread, this what this red thread yeah. that weave through every post yes. because I need my name to be associated with female friendship. So that was my first thing is like, how on social media can I make myself associated? Then I would set Google alerts um, for anything regarding female friendship in the news. And then I would post about it. So I'd say, oh, I don't know if you guys have heard this, you know, read this latest article in the Times, but Mm -hmm. it's saying this and here are my thoughts. And so my goal was to make myself associated with female friendship. And so I knew it was working when people started to tag me in things. Yeah. 
So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. so you're seeing something about friendship and you think of me, okay, it's working. Yep. And so that's kind of how I like did the visibility part. Um, and with the coaching part, I started a podcast um, uh, similar to this, and which I, I mean, podcasts are just like my jam. If people yep. are not on this train, you know, yep. Yep. Um, yeah, we so love that it. was a way to like tell my story a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then from a sales standpoint, I give just a subtle nod to coaching sessions. So I'll just briefly say like, you know, oh, this reminds me of a session I had last week where the girl was struggling with this. And then I move on because people are smart. So they know. And so that was my way of letting them know "Mm -hmm, I'm doing this Mm -hmm. thing. No big deal. Oh, oh, you want a session too? Okay, sure. So that was kind of like my strategy for increasing the visibility of the brand and getting more and more people to buy in. Um, for anybody who's listening, Daniela is like a, an amazing energy. You have a beautiful energy. <laughs> you truly do like beautiful energy. And you're obviously incredibly brilliant. Like I would like teach, a, I would sit in the lecture hall and listen to you speak forever. Um, so I, I want to talk about female friendships because I feel like female friendships could break your heart worse than any romantic relationship could. And I've been ghosted by some really close friends of mine. Um, in really heartbreaking ways. And I think it's so different now with social media, right, than it may have been, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. So like when you're when your clients come to you and they're like, I see, you know, my best friend is out there with another group of friends and I thought we were close. Like how can you just talk a little bit, I guess, about like the heartbreak of female friendships? We don't talk about this enough. And it mm-hmm. is so like a knife in the heart when, you know, you thought, because like you said, you, you do share your vulnerabilities with these people and then to have them turn on you or ghost you or whatever. Um, is that like a common thing that comes up with a lot of your clients? Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, there are a couple of reasons why I think that friendship breakups, especially among women are really difficult. The first is because we don't even entertain breaking up as a possibility. So from a young age, we're downloading mantras like best friends forever, friends for life. Mm. I mean, like that's downloaded on your brain. So when you get into a friendship, you're not thinking like, man, I wonder if this doesn't work out, but maybe in a dating arena, you are, you're very aware Mm. there's a chance that this might not work out. And if so, you can dismiss it as plenty of fish in the sea. I mean, it'll be hurtful but not my person right, right. with a friend. You're not even entertaining the idea that it won't work out. So I, I think the the difficulty of trying to reconcile your expectation with reality makes it difficult. I think another reason it's hard is because that person is so deeply integrated into your life. Um, and for women, especially uh, we tend to think our best friend is the person who knows the most about us where men right. tend to say their best friend is the guy they've known the longest. They, they mm. tend to harp on duration and we tend to harp on whoever knows the most about us at this point is my best friend. And so if things end with that person who knows so much, you almost feel very exposed when it's over because this person's re-entering the world knowing all your business, you know, all the things you've gone through, just those vulnerabilities, seeing you cry, seeing horrible things you've done and they've forgiven you for (laughs) going back into the world with all this, this knowledge. And so that feels very, uh, that's very difficult, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then I also heard somebody, somebody said it best on social media and I wish I knew who this was to give them credit, but they said something to the effect of, you know, with a a man, it's like, they see you as an object, but with a the woman, they see your real self. So it feels yeah. like more of a rejection yeah. from a woman because right. you brought your whole self to the table yeah. You're more than an object. And so to be rejected after revealing all of who you are feels yeah. deeply painful. 
I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It, it truly <laughs> is. And I think that's so true what you said. I haven't even thought about that. I mean, the, I'm I'm thinking of the, the friendship bracelets and the necklaces we used to have growing up, right? right. BFF, BFF. And people change and we, we allow for that in romantic relationships. Like I even say that about my own divorce, right? It's like we grew apart. We didn't grow together. But yet we don't allow that for female friendships. That's such a, mm -hmm. and, and they do, you do grow apart. I mean, you know, especially I'm thinking a lot about um, the difference between having, you know, female friends and then when somebody has a baby and then mm -hmm. that, that relationship change in a female friendship, yeah. you know, how do people, you know, deal with that when you are, you know, growing up as this friend group and then people start having babies, maybe you're not the one having children at the same time. What do you recommend for people going through that? Yeah, I appreciate that question. And I'll tell you, hands down, without a doubt, if there is any social media content or podcast content that we do about babies, pregnancy, and friendship, I'm going to get the most DMs from that, yeah. from that episode. Yeah. I already know. So recently yeah. we just had an episode with um, Jordan Davidson, who's a writer. Her new book is called, um, So When Are You Having Kids? And mm -hmm. I interviewed her about it. So many messages from women saying, thank you so much for having this conversation because it acknowledges the very real confusion um, around, man, if I choose to have kids or not, or if I'm going through a fertility journey or not, right. this impacts my friendships. Um, and so, you know, it, it's hard because up until a certain point, we kind of are journeying with our friends through everything. Yeah. You know, we're going through the same life stages in college, right. you're like on the same, you know, wavelength. Mm -hmm. But when a, a woman goes off and, and has a baby, um, I think it changes a lot of things. First of all, we've never had practice being friends on this terrain. So giving ourselves grace, like you've never done this before, like acknowledging, okay, we've never been friends like this. So, so what do I have to do to stay connected to you? Um, I think a lot of the tension comes from a fear of being left behind. That's the yeah. language I hear most common about that. I fear she's going to get so wrapped up in this baby, which is great. Yeah. Um, but is she going to leave me? You know, am I not going to be able to relate anymore? I don't want to have conversations about, you know, diaper cream and formula. Yeah. I can't yeah. relate, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the fear of being left behind, yeah. um, the fear that uh, you're going to lose her to other friends who can support her in a way that you cannot, right. um, having to accommodate this new schedule, you know, we yeah. used to be able to just like, you know, girl, what are you doing? You want to mm -hmm. grab coffee right yeah. now? You know, now it's yeah. like, oh, let me get it on the calendar or the baby. Oh, you have to cancel because the baby said, right. you know, and so not being friends in this container. Um, and I think it's really disruptive, you know, and so some advice I give to those ladies is, you know, one, telling her how much you want to stay connected. I think we underestimate the power of intentionally articulating. I still want this. You know, like, yeah. okay, well, I'm happy for you, but like, girl, can we at least keep our, you know, first Fridays or, you know, some kind of friendship ritual helps you to stay connected. And so it, it offers a sense of security to the friendship. I know that no matter what else happens, we have right. our first Fridays or our, our weekly phone call, whatever that looks like for you. That way you can rest assured, I'm still going to see my girl. Um, another might be to try to show interest, like, hey, maybe you can't relate to all the things going on the, the baby, but you ask her questions. Oh, do you know, do you need anything? or what milestones is he is he hitting this week yeah, you know yeah. um and then also um finding friends who can kind of 
supplement. They'll never be able to replace your best friend. Um, but it is hard if that was your, your one person. And so taking it as an opportunity to find other ways to fill your cup as she kind of goes and, and has some life changes as well. So I think a combination of those things can help you to manage any disappointment around that, that life change. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because Olivia and I are two and a half years apart and we've always been very close. Um, And I think I got, we got very lucky in a lot of ways, but when she went to college two and a half years before me, it was Mm -hmm. definitely that experience of like, we need to figure out what this relationship is like on the phone and on AOL instead of messenger. And it was such a good learning experience for me because we did figure that out, right? Mm-hmm. We we were able to sort of recalibrate our relationship from having gone living in the same house for the first 60 years of my life to that. Um, and we never really lived together for long periods of time after you went away to college. I mean, summers and stuff like that. Um, and it's interesting because it's translated so well to like, I lived in New York for a very long time. I went to NYU, I lived in New York. It's so funny how people don't stay there. Nobody really stays in New York from my experience. So I'm in Scotland right now. My closest girlfriends are in Texas, New Hampshire, and California. And to learn to recalibrate those relationships, I already luckily understood that that was a thing. But if I didn't understand that that was a thing, that we had to have a blueprint. And I said to them, like, download the Marco Polo app. like, And that Mm. app has saved our friendships like because mm-hmm. it's time zones don't matter so I can get up in the morning and send them a, I I can send them 15 minute Marco Polos about like what I have for dinner and how I slept and like mm-hmm. so much of it I've identified is caring about the like mundane things in their life yeah. and what do you have for dinner and what'd you put on that sandwich and ooh, what do you know a lot of it's based around food because most of my interest is based around food. <laughs> but, you know, how are you sleeping and what's going on yeah, with that? And right. is your husband still sick and all these things and caring about the little things in their life and then being able to connect with that, but being able to figure out how that was. Thank God for WhatsApp and Marco Polo. We were able to stay completely connected. But like to know that there was a blueprint for recalibrating that friendship, mm-hmm. I'm just very grateful because like that is such a big part of it of like being like, okay, what are our tools? right? What do we have available to us? Instagram, WhatsApp, you know, text, Marco Polo. And then how do we utilize those? Um, and it's a very interesting sort of like thing to recalibrate, but I, I, you know, I'm grateful for my sister for learning how to do that at a very young age. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I'm clinging to one word you said, you said, I guess we have to rewrite. And I think we have to remember that um, friendships can be malleable. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's almost like you, you know, I think a part of us feels, uh, nervous when a friend does move or have a baby or get married or, or whatever, because it's almost like when we became friends, it happened under this unspoken list of terms in the mm-hmm. agreement, yeah. you know? And yeah. so somebody changed the terms and you're like, Oh, right. yeah. okay. Okay. And so asking ourselves, wait a second, this friendship adds a lot of value to my life. What do I need to do? To, to keep this going and are you down to do it with me and um and having those conversations so I love hearing that you all try to adapt and say what can we do to keep this going that's really great so you start coaching and how do you start to get like you know you get the visibility and then what happens after that yeah so you know the business finally did become a little profitable like okay I can pay for mm-hmm. more than gas in my car yeah. <laughs> I just like to be transparent about that because you got all these coaches like yeah. I got figure month like yeah. how do you stop okay yeah. 
Um, but so it was rough. Yeah, it was rough at the beginning. Um, but after it started to flow and I thought, okay, what else can I, I do? Can I add on? Um, from there I thought, well, okay, I want to do, um, more teaching things on a grander scale. So that's when I was like, okay, I, I want to be able to speak. Um, I want to be in a position where I can bring my family with me. Like if I get a speaking engagement across the country, I can say, pack it up. Like, mm-hmm. let's all go to LA mm-hmm. or something. Um, and that has been a blessing. Um, and so, you know, just how can I put myself in spaces where I can um, speak on a larger scale and have a larger audience and not for like vanity purposes, but to get the message out to yeah. groups who, who yeah. need it. Um, and so a lot of surprising opportunities came. And again, I do attribute to social media. Social media has been huge in helping me to get different speaking engagements and podcast interviews and other cool partnerships. And so I'm really grateful for that. I I love that you brought that up because as social media people, and I'm a big social media, I'm a proponent of finding your people on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could actually, and I would love to kind of pick your brain about online friendships because mm-hmm. I could talk about, I've have a lot of theories about online friendships. I've, I've had a ton of uh, friendships online that have turned into real life friendships, but also a lot of online friendships that stay online, but are really, really powerful friendships. And so I think, and I'm going to guess it, it all goes back to kind of being seen and feeling seen. So what are your thoughts kind of on like online friendships versus in real life friendships? And do you coach people on both of those topics? Yeah. Oh, great question. I'm not here to qualify anybody's friendships. I can tell you what the research says, but at the end of the day, if you're like, this is my real friend and that's yeah, a friend yeah. to you. Great. You know, Um uh, but, you know, I think social media can be really helpful for maintaining friendships, especially in an increasingly mobile world. So we've got friends working from home. They're moving across the country. Mm-hmm. Social media has been so great for, right. you know, keeping us connected. Um, I think it's great for, um, you know, um, mobilizing us and connecting us and helping us find, oh, I'm not the only person with this very niche interest. There are people who share this passion, you know, so I think it's great for that. Um, I think it's great when it's used to facilitate connection and maintain connection. So your, your partnership, what's going on with you and Bumble BFF? Because I'm going to dip my toe into Bumble BFF. (laughs) I'm in Scotland right now and I don't know anybody here really. Um, I, I've, my girlfriends, one New Hampshire, one in California have had really good experiences with it. I'm nervous. And, um, I wonder if you have any advice for that. Um, I'm a really, I'm a really good friend and I don't know how to like <laughs> express that on, on the profile. Um, but I'm nervous and, and especially being in a different country, you know, it's like kind of like different value systems and stuff like that. Um, but I wonder if you could just talk about your partnership with them and, and maybe give me some advice. Cause I'm definitely nervous to like, <laughs> dip my my toe in that water again. Yeah. Oh, and I appreciate you being open about that because it is nerve wracking. Um, yeah. So I was already kind of talking to clients about how one of many tools they can use is Bumble BFF. One of many things you can do to, to find people, especially clients who were like nurses or had a job where it was like just crazy hours. Yeah. Well, that might right. be helpful for you. Um, so, you know, Bumble BFF, you would download the Bumble app, which is known for dating. They started the BFF side because people were hijacking the dating part and saying, hey, not here for romance. I'm trying to look for friends. And they're wow. like, gosh, this is happening so often. Wow. Let's just have like a whole section for friendship. And so 
now women, you know, all over are, and, and not just women, people all over are um, using that app to, to connect with friends. So I say the first thing to do is like drop the stigma about like, oh, I have to use an app. I think that doesn't make you desperate. That makes you very resourceful. You know, you're, you're yeah. leveraging technology for everything else. Why not to connect to you with people who are, are like, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So some tips to get you started is be as specific as possible with your interests. I've noticed that we, we are general because we don't want to say something and maybe people think that's weird or like kind of silly or they're right. not going to get it, but like it gets you closer to your people and also makes you more memorable. So I'm not going to say, you know, I, I really love music and travel and food, sweetie, who doesn't? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about like <laughs> right. my favorite album, the best places right. I've traveled to and a dish I could eat every day and not get tired. That's, that's it because it makes you memorable. It also gives uh, people something to cling to. And so it's hard right. for all of us to start a conversation. We're wrecking our brains. I don't know a good opening line. So I'm going to make it easier for you by giving you some stuff to work with. So if I'm specific about a place I've traveled and I mentioned something about Peru and somebody's like, Oh, Oh my gosh, my family from Peru. Like I'm giving you stuff to work with. Mm -hmm. So, so often we get so obsessed with like our experience. We forget that other people are nervous and don't know how to start the conversation. They don't know how to keep it going. So how can I make it easier for you? Right. So being as specific as possible, you want to upload, I would say like four pictures that show you doing okay. what you love to do, you know, in different capacities. Okay. And then they also have these different badges that you can use so that when you're swiping really quickly, you can see what people are into. And a third of users use the badge that indicates that they're new to the area. So a lot of people on there are new to the area and are looking for friends to explore the city with. And so I always say, you know, connect online and have a little back and forth, you know, so you feel comfortable and it feels safe. But then you want to get off as soon as possible, meaning you want to yeah, meet yeah. this person right. as soon as right. possible. Right, which is because I want to be meeting. People. And then my right. last tip there would be when you guys get to the point of suggesting a hangout, include a duration because that makes it less overwhelming. So I might say mm -hmm. something like, oh, there's this cute little wine bar in this area. You want to meet up for like an hour or so and just catch up because most people are like, oh, okay. I can do an hour. I can do an hour. Instead of that right. pressure okay. of like, oh my gosh, do I want to spend all night with this girl? I don't know. An hour and then right. I'm out. You know, so, smart. Um, so that's been helpful too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love those this tips. Very good tips I and very them. good too for our audience because so many times when we talk about fresh starts and we talk about starting over, getting divorced, people really say over and over again, like, I'm losing friends. I don't know who to, I don't mm -hmm. have friends. I've lost friends in my relationship. All his, all my friends are his and they don't, it's, it's another way that people are starting fresh when they're going through a divorce or a breakup. Yeah. It, you know, I'm here, I'm with the person that I love, but like, I also, I want to make a life here when I'm here, you know, and part of making a life is meeting somebody for coffee or going to like, you know, a fun, fancy bar that like, God love him. But like my male partner does not want to go do like, mm -hmm. you know, champagne cocktails someplace. So, you know, I want to, I want to have somebody to go do those things with. I can't, I can't make a friend come into town every time I want to go to one of those things. No. And I don't want to misquote this. I'm, I'm going to have to look this up because I, I never want to like misrepresent the research, but I think there's some that even says um, that most of our new friendships that we make happen during an, a life transition. So like during yeah. a fresh start is when you're, you're making friends. Um, and so, you know, anybody who's feeling discouraged because they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like you know, I mean, I don't know what's going on with my life and I'm getting all new friends, you know, take comfort in knowing that the research says that on average, every seven years, we replace half of our friends. Mm -hmm. So wow. there's a natural friendship pruning 
that happens in life. It is painful. It's kind of confusing, like what's going on, but it's going to continue to happen. And so you better get really comfortable with the art of making new friends because you will always be doing it. Um, so it doesn't signal that you're behind, that there's something wrong with you. Uh, it, it doesn't mean any of those things. It's just a new opportunity to connect with people who can appreciate this, this 2.0 version of you. Yeah. I, I love that you said that Danielle, because yeah. I feel like we cling on to these friendships from our past and we feel like it's like letting ourselves down if we let new people into our life. Right. And so I just, I think that's such an important, Important thing you said like we change so why would our friendship circles not change and it's a beautiful thing to let new people into our life but for some reason culturally we look down upon that a little bit I don't know like it's like a like we messed up or like we failed at something because we have to get new friends I don't, does that make sense that makes that makes total sense I was actually just working with a woman recently and she was describing a, a fairly toxic friendship to me like she's walking me through and I'm like girl the I really say like, yes or no, black yeah, and white. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. this is not okay. The things that you're describing. Yeah. But when I asked her, you know, can you help me understand why do you elect to stay? What, like, why are you still here? And she, she took a deep breath and she said to me, well, I guess I don't want another failed friendship. And so here she is staying in a friendship because she thinks it would say a lot about her to, to end it and quote unquote, start over. And so this whole like equating longevity with, you know, with, with satisfaction or or validity, we've got to get away from that. So definitely identify the friendships that add value and do what you can to keep them. But if something's not working out, it does not mean you failed. It just, it it doesn't fit Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And when you have research that's saying that we have room for about three to five close relationships that I mean if you're maintaining one that's just like not doing you any favors you are keeping out room you could be giving to people who can pour into you I love that and that's like very much our ethos at fresh starts like I always say that about marriage like there's no reward at the end of a long unhappy marriage and it's the same thing with friendship. There's no one's going to hand you a gold platter and say, here, you survived a 50-year unhappy toxic friendship, right? right. Like, that's just not going to happen. Can you talk before we let you go for a minute uh, just about mom friends? Because I, because you're a mom and I'm a mom. I have two boys. And boy, that's been tricky. That has been tricky. And, you know, time aside that everybody's busy and doing things and whatever, finding people that have your same kind of parenting ethos Mm -hmm. is really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. I have caught myself judging new friends. I'm like, oh gosh, she lets her kids do this. I don't know what I I think of her anymore. You know, what's helped me is like, yes, it's totally helpful to um, have friends who can um, affirm various aspects of your identity. So uh, an aspect of your identity is being a mother. It helps to have friends who can affirm that part of you. So mom friends are necessary for sure. Um, But I've noticed that like, yeah, when we start to say like, oh gosh, she does this with her kids. She allows her children to do this. What I tried to do to help me in those moments is to say, okay, is that choice influencing my children because now we have an issue or is it influencing me or impacting how we operate how I relate with my children is it a safety thing harm thing if the answer is no and I just don't like it um then I have to 
tell myself, okay, well, she gets to choose differently for her children and that's okay. And trust me, I know this is all like so much easier said than done. So it's a but good having to remind myself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard, but to just say like, okay, she's making different choices for her child than I would make. Yeah, And I'm just going to turn a blind eye to it. I mean, honestly, right. because then it does get into a mode of kind of being critical or, or, you know, all of that. And I understand some of it's natural because we like to be friends with people who are like us. I mean, as complex and complicated as we like to think we are, the research says that we like people who like us and we like people who are like us that that's a powerful thing that brings us together. So if I'm cool with a woman and then I find out that she does something with her kids and I'm like, ooh, that I don't approve of, we're, I guess we're different. I guess she, you know, so can I separate, this is a choice from this is her character. And a lot of us kind of conflate the two. And if I'm able to do that, I think we'll be able to like remain friends. But if you find that she's making parenting choices that are like negatively influencing you or your children, then maybe that's the thing to consider. And I want to say, too, like what you were saying about friendships, I had friendships with moms in the newborn phase and then those mm-hmm. friendships faded. Then in the toddler phase and those friendships faded because you're changing, your kids are changing. You don't even know who your children are at that point. So I, I think it's the same kind of thing, like almost a hyperspeed, right, from the seven-year friend change is kind of like this every few months almost you have new mom friends come into the picture because maybe you meet them at music class then you meet them Mm -hmm. at pre-k and then elementary school and you don't necessarily are not going to have the same bond still with a person that you met when your kid was in a newborn yoga class that you're going to have when your kids are in high school so I think it's just super important like you like I love this idea of like the pruning, the French friendships and like allowing new people to come into your life that goes for all types of friends. And I, I love that you said that. The thing that I've had to deal with the most is like, when I've been going through changes, people's reactions to my changes, people's reactions to my decisions. And sometimes it becomes so clear that like, their reactions more about them than it is about me. Mm-hmm. And being like, well, at the core, I love this person and I'm going to give them grace that maybe that wasn't their best reaction that they've ever had. Maybe they're not proud of that. Maybe they are. I I love them though. And I'm going to, I'm deciding that like, I'm going to let this one slide and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to let it slide or I'm not going to judge her that, you know, she lets her kids have screen time and I don't let my kids have screen time, things like that. It's Mm -hmm. just giving grace to people and being like, at the core, I love you. And sometimes the things that surround the core, not all my favorites, but like, that's okay. And, and you don't have to know one person's going to satisfy every single, you know, instinct and every single part of you. So Danielle, what is coming up next for you in your journey through life? Like, what do you have on the horizon? What, what are the things we can support and celebrate you for coming up? Oh, uh, well, um, my book comes out in 2024. Okay. It's <laughs> exciting. exciting. So it's like, oh, way out there. Um, so I'm excited <laughs> for that. But in a couple months, I am hosting my first big girl event. So um, a little nervous about that. Uh, it feels very safe to like be on a stage or to be in a session it feels very scary for me um to have an event you know you're you're terrified what if no one yeah. comes what if they mm. hate it uh so that's happening in march and so um i just thought you know all this talk around friendship i think it's about time that i facilitate an actual opportunity 
for women to meet each other and we're going to do you know have a mental health panel to talk about how friendship impacts your mental health that we're going to have speed friending and and all these cool things and so I'm very nervous but I'm very excited to host my my first big girl event in 2023 where does that take place where does the event take place so that'll be in Tampa at the Hyde House from nine to one. We're going to have brunch and brunch cocktails and experts talking. And, and so I'm very excited. We put a lot of thought and care into helping women actually facilitate friendship because I know there are a lot of events and they're like, oh, come make friends, you know, but they're not like doing right. anything actively to help make friends. This will be like, we are helping you to like facilitate connection. And so I'm excited for it and, and we'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, I'm telling myself, no matter the outcome, this is something I like to check off my bucket list and, and I'm going to measure my success by just having done it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing. And I think you're going to do many of them. I think it's going to yeah. be in a template because what a necessary thing to have. Like it's, it's one of those things like, oh, just network. Oh, just make friends like easier said than done. And I think to have somebody like draw out a blueprint is going to be amazing. People are going to respond. I think very well. I hope so. You're from your lips to God's ears. I mean, no, and you have like, you really, you have such a beautiful energy that I think like anytime you'd walk in the room, people would feel at ease with you and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And like, you can really, you're, you're an, you know, a fantastic facilitator. And I think that this is going to be a huge success and we're so excited for your book and we'll be there cheering you on the whole time. Um, And last question this is the fun one. What was the last thing you ate that you really loved? <laughs> The last thing I ate and really loved. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um. Okay. This is not anything fancy at all. That's okay. 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 Um. I'm gonna say I made like I made I made a little salmon the other day with you know a little little broccoli and it's not a fancy like a super fancy meal but I could eat that like every day okay. it's so good and um and it filled my cup and so that was the last thing I yeah. ate that was delicious. I love that. Well, Danielle, I love um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here today. It was such a wonderful conversation. We are so grateful for you taking the time. Thank you so thank much you for Danielle. having me. Thank you for listening to today's story. We're always here and we're proud of you. Until next time, brave one. A Fresh Story is brought to you by Fresh Starts Registry, the first and only platform for everything you need to start again. You can read the show notes and learn more about today's episode at freshstartsregistry.com slash podcast. Mm-hmm.